Welcome to Why Not Me, the World podcast, hosted by Tony Mantor. Broadcasting from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Join us as our guests tell us their stories. Some will make you laugh, some will make you cry. Real life people who will inspire and show that you are not alone in this world. Hopefully, you gain more awareness, acceptance, and a better understanding for autism around the world. Hi, I'm Tony Mantor. Welcome to Why Not Me the World. Today's guest is from South Africa, Clayton Boats and his mother Antoinette. This story is one of inspiration that shows whatever you want to do, you can do. It tells the story of how Clayton has become a very well-known artist, not only in his area, but gaining around the world. So welcome. Uh, thank you. We listened to your song this morning. Oh my goodness, it's so it's very nice. It's so nice, yes. No, it's almost like you wrote written it, especially for Clayton in the situation that we've been through the last three years. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate that. So let's start it off with, when was Clayton diagnosed autistic? Clayton was diagnosed at at the age of six years old, and he was diagnosed after, you know, we went through all the OTs. Immediately, you know, what happened there is he was diagnosed, and I was sent home with the script. What was your first thoughts when you were told of his diagnosis? I was kind of in denial because, you know, being a mom, you don't want to hear that there might be something wrong. You know, it didn't take me long to gather my thoughts and to to get myself together and then read up what I needed to know and then take it from there. That's a great attitude to have. So, Clayton, you were young, just learning. What was your thoughts on this? So when I was very young, I didn't really know I had autism. When I was six years old, my mom told me I had autism. I didn't really understand what it was. I couldn't grasp the concept of what autism was or what autism is. So throughout um, all those years, I'd had no idea I had autism. The things I struggled with were reading and writing and sound and taste. Like, for example, I mean, texture. So I couldn't eat certain types of foods. The only food that I'd eat was pasta. I slowly grew out of it struggled with sound a lot. I could only go to my first movie theater at the age of 10 because I dealt with it way more better. So those were the main things I struggled with, with autism. What was the school system like at that time? Was it public, private? What type of system did they have in place to allow you to have a day-to-day schedule for him? So in South Africa, there is no schools for autistic children at all. The government, there's no government school for autistic children. And the schools that is available or mostly private schools. So what I have found as a parent, and I'm a single parent, always have been, is you will find a school and then the school fees will be double that and the teachers are in no shape or form equipped to you with these children. That's just so unfortunate. So Clayton, if they weren't equipped, how did you find it and how did you handle it? It was it was not it was only one it was only two teachers. One of the teachers in my class was really mean to me. And the other one was the principal. All the other teachers were nice to me and treated me um, well. But I remember it was the last year at one of my schools. And the teacher there, the first year, she was fine. She didn't really say that much. But second year, she was really disrespectful and was 
treated me very badly and because I couldn't read and write, she would kick me out of the class because of that. And usually people with autism, they fidget and play around with things. And the, uh, the way I would try to concentrate was by drawing. And because of that, she hated it and would kick me out of the class because of it. That's just so sad to hear. Everyone is different. Everyone deserves a chance. She just didn't get what you was capable of doing. Now, Antoinette, didn't you tell me about some interview about South African schools? The Minister of Education in South Africa, on the interview, she said the government has grossly neglected autistic children. There is no schools. That's when you decided to make a change for Clayton, correct? I took Clayton during COVID. I took Clayton out of school. My son was not happy. And, you know, the things that went on was not right. I can fully understand that. Now that you're out of school, what changes have you seen? What's your day-to-day look like? And what's going on as far as your art? Um, I think when I started doing, I've always done art at a very young age. Like ever since I picked up a crayon, I just drew. It's just that I had school, homework, exams, and I didn't really have time to do that much art. But then when COVID happened, kids couldn't go to school because of what was going on the entire pandemic and all of that gave me time to do more art. And I started spending more time drawing and really honing on my skills and becoming better at art. But then when school reopened, they, it didn't completely reopen. There were days of the week where kids went to school. They couldn't go to school. Some days they would go to school. Some days it would get canceled. And there was just no order or structure. Because I have autism, I need structure in my life and I need things to be in order. Otherwise, I have anxiety. So I couldn't really deal with it that well. So my mom decided to take me out of school because I was having a lot of anxiety and couldn't deal with it that well. And when that happened, my mom decided to start the business. That's so good. I'm glad that it's working out well for you. How long has it been going? How is it growing? And did you get any brushback for starting the business? Because that's not your normal, typical thing to do, where people think that it should be in school. Yeah, so it will be three years next week. Since we started the business and, you know, I got a lot of um, judgment for taking Clayton out of school, but I decided that instead of letting my son go through another couple of years where, you know, he is struggling so much and he doesn't get the help he needs. And, and because society expects from me that he has to have matric, he has to have this stamp to make him um, acceptable in society. I decided to, to, to just ignore everything and, and to give him all the tools he needs. I mean, he's got the most amazing studio and to help him grow, to become the best artist he can be because Clara is going to be an artist and no amount of degree or, 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 or little piece of paper behind his name is going to make him a better artist. I completely understand that. I remember when I was in school taking geometry, I thought, I want to be a musician. Why am I doing this? So I totally get what you're saying. Then you add that he's autistic, and you have to really do what you think is the very best thing for him at the time. So I understand that it's growing to a worldwide status now. Yes, now we've opened up. Actually, I'm from an accounting background. I am in no way, shape, or form. An artist or any of that. So during COVID, I lost my job as well. I worked for a massive company and I started Clayton's Designs with Clayton. 
and it was always local. And about three weeks ago, because I had a, we, I mean, Claire's got quite a nice following, and people would ask, "Can you please, um, you know, send to the USA or to the UK or, or Ireland, wherever?" And it was just too expensive to send from here. So I found a dropshipping company in the United States, which I'm so thankful for, so thankful. And I started building a website. So we've got an international website as well now. And um, so, yeah, we are now international as from about three weeks ago. That's so good to hear. I just love to hear a success story. So when you sit down and decide that you're going to draw something, do you plan it out, map it out, or do you just go with your inner feeling? What inspires you to get it going? Mom, of course. I mean, but... <laughs> no, Rod. Um, the thing about art is you don't really... Inspiration is not the easiest thing to really find as an artist. You can spend days trying to get inspiration. You'll just get nothing out of it. It's just that... Like, it's just something you get out of the blue, like you get inspired out of nowhere. The main thing that artists concentrate on is not in getting inspired, but motivation. Keeping the motivation to draw is the most important thing, not really the inspiration. So I guess the main thing I concentrate on is my motivation and not really where I get my ideas of where to draw. It's just something you just get out of the blue and it's just one of the things you just you know, stumble upon. I totally get that. As a musician, it's the same thing. You can sit down and start writing and just get this mind block and nothing happens. Then all of a sudden you're sitting aside doing nothing and you get inspiration to write something and it can be just so really good for you. So let me change the question then. Who inspires you to do what you do? Um, I actually did have a lot of YouTubers that I looked up to there's still one of there's still a couple of them I still look up to like Jolf Jazza, um, Ten Hundred. I do look up to those YouTube artists quite a lot. So, but your style is different from them. I mean, you've correct. got your own unique style. That's a good thing. Everyone has to have their own style, their own way of doing things. Then you build your audience from that. Clyden. You know, he, he, he's very inspired, like, for instance, Mr. Beast, Jimmy, you know, the, for the work he's doing. Because, I mean, Saturn is just such a kind and, and soul, and he always wants to help people. So he, he will always, you know, watch, because while he's drawing, he'll watch YouTube videos in the background for him to, in order to, 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 do, to do the art. And um, he's constantly on his phone watching these people and um, watching their journeys. That's really good. Because that's just a way to expand by learning what other people are doing. One of the things I watch in the background are, it's a small, um, it, so these people that I watch in the background, they're called Wing Canvas. It's like an art school, a free art school on YouTube. They do live streams of them teaching you how to draw certain types of things, certain techniques like how to draw hair or how to create mechs or how to do textures like gloss, iron, how to draw water. And I usually watch those videos in the background and it helps a lot when it comes to me trying to improve my art because there's still a lot of things I need to improve upon and there's a lot of things I want to get better at with art. Sure. It takes time to develop into what you're going to be and you're only 15 years old. So you've got a long way to go, but you're doing such a great job so far. So do you get uh, a lot of emails requesting special custom orders or just any emails just for orders? How's that going for you right now? Yeah, he gets, um, I mean, he's done quite a bit of nuggets for companies. He's done 
for schools he's done work. He's got customers that he does tattoo designs for, and that is now his next thing he want to learn. Claire wants to learn how to do tattoos. I think that would be great. I mean, there's a lot of art in tattoos, and there's a lot of people that want it. I've seen his designs, and they are just awesome. So you're a single mother. You're in South Africa. Do you have any friends or family that live close that can help you when you need it? I do have parents, but we, we our, our dynamic is very... You know, we love each other, but they do their thing. They look after themselves. Uh, we see them once a year. Yeah, basically. Once a year. Uh, we'll see them. And then Clara's got two older brothers. Uh, one is 32, the other one is 30. And they're doing their own thing. So, yeah, um, Tyden has always, he's grown up only knowing me. He only got to know his, his father when he was uh, last year. Okay, I've seen where on social media, you promote yourself as autism is your superpower. So is that your slogan or do you have, an, have something that you use to promote yourself as an artist? Hmm. I guess one day me and my mom want to have a slogan for the business and we were just throwing ideas around until we landed with it's okay to be different and we decided to continue with that. Then one day I ended up making a t-shirt what had that slogan so I could, so we could sell it as a t-shirt. I really like that. That's a, that's a great slogan because it fits. So you mentioned tattoos. So do you see yourself getting into tattoos and doing more in that line as well as your art, as you keep moving forward? Yes. To be honest, what I do is there's a lot of things I'm going to do as an artist, but I'm going to mainly concentrate doing tattoos and YouTube videos because I can see people. And make, freelance work. Yeah, freelance yeah. art. Because people who are freelance artists make quite a good amount of money. Absolutely do. Because when someone can take an idea and turn it into something either on paper or on video, or whatever the form may be, it's a talent. And I've seen yours and you have that talent. So the creative process to me, is the most enjoyable because you get to take and put all your work into it. You, you think about it. You do a lot of things. So what's your feeling after you've gone through the creative process and the work is finished? What's next? I just do another piece. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I definitely get that and totally understand. I do the art for the enjoyment and I do look at the piece and see all I do look at the piece and see it for its beauty. But to be honest, as an artist, you kind of spend so much time doing art that you're in the mindset of looking at the mistakes instead of the perfections. And I strive to try and improve my art. So every time I look at my art piece, I look at all the imperfections and try to be better yeah. as an artist. And the old pieces in the background, I don't really like no, the No, he, he hides them. I love them. You know, yeah, I'm the they're one, very old pieces yeah. done about like two or three years ago. Some of them are very old pieces and I can do way more better than that. Well, I love it because that's really what you need to be thinking. Any artist, singer, it doesn't matter what you do. You always want to do better than what you did before. When you do that, after a period of time, you create a body of work. People can look at it. You can look at it. You can see how you've grown, and it's just a good thing. So you must be really proud of him. Clem is very critical. I'm the one going out and going, oh, look at this. Look at my boy. He's so, but he's very humble. We, 
you know, I'm the one that is just, we were walking the shops and people would recognize him and he would want to walk away. I'm like, come here, so come, 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 let me tell you about my boy um, because I'm so proud of him. Absolutely great thing to say because as parents, we want to be proud of our kids. And when they're doing great work like Clayton is, then you've got a reason to. And being humble, that's nothing wrong with that at all. And being critical, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Because I'm so proud of him, but Clayton is so humble. And I think that's the one thing that's very um, attractive, if I can call it that way, um, for him being such a young, but such a brilliant artist. But Clayton is still so innocent, but so mature. And despite his art, he's a public speaker as well. He goes to schools talking about yeah. bullying and talking about his journey. And he's, the other day he was standing in front of 250 females. I almost died. He did, uh, he, you know, he did so well. So he's talking about bullying and autism and you know, he's, he's just ph- phenomenal. I think that's just great. Anytime that anyone can get up in front of 250 people, tell their story, that's just inspiring. And it's helping people along the way and you just don't know how you can change a life. Um, yeah, I think public speaking will be a, a good thing to do. Talking about autism and spreading the awareness of it's okay to be different and mm. expressing how to deal with bullies and how to appreciate yourself will be a good thing for me to do. That is so true. Because what you're doing is not only helping people understand what autistic people go through and why bullying shouldn't be out there, but you're going to inspire people to move up and try and do what you do so they can have a better life too. Now, let's get back to your art. I fully understand why you want to take and make sure that everything's just perfect, and when it's done, you go back and critique yourself and make it better. But what you're doing is creating a body of work where it's going to be outstanding. People won't see it but a minute, and it's just going to empower people to really follow you in what you do. It's because I spend more time on the art than most people because as an artist, you spend about, in t- like on the one art piece I worked on today, I spent about five hours working on the art piece and I spent all that time drawing it by hand, meaning I'm the one who's going to critique all the little things mm-hmm. I would like about it. Well, a person would spend like a short period of time, like maybe one minute looking at the piece well, I spend way more longer on mm. the piece so I see all the imperfections and the things I don't like about it. So when you find something that you don't like, what do you do? Usually when it's like when I'm already too far in the piece, I finish it, then I do better with the next piece. But if I'm like still, if I'm still in the sketching phase, I just erase it and try and fix it. And then when I like it, I just continue. So it depends how far I am in the art piece. If I'm already too far in the art piece, then I just deal with it and like try it and fix it with color and shading and try and make it better. And then with the next piece, I try to improve. So as you're improving it and you're moving forward, what's the next step with your colors? Do that just come to you or do you have to stop and think about it? How does that part of it work for you? So when it comes to color, there's the entire way artists work. Like there's the entire... Like you can literally spend two hours learning about color theory. But to be honest, when I discovered color theory, I just threw it out the window and didn't want to learn about it because it was way too complicated. So what I just usually do is I pick colors, put them together and kind of arrange them to make sure they can coexist with each other. I take complementary colors, make sure they look good together. And if they don't, then I change it. So 
usually it comes naturally, but if I want to change it, I can just change the color. That makes sense because when you want to take and get into color theory and you get into all that kind of thing, you're getting into technique, you know, and what it really comes down to is if you have the feeling, if you have it coming from your heart and the passion is there, then that passion will overflow and connect with the person that's looking at it. Kind of like music does, you know, you just put it together and if you've got it, you're going to have it technically right. But if you've got the feeling, then it grabs the people's emotion. Colors can depict how a person feels and how the art feels like. Absolutely. I get that. So what is in your future now? In the next three to five years, what kind of plans are you thinking? What would you like to implement? How do you see your life progressing from this point on? So um, what I, I do have a plan of what I want to do in my future. One of the things I want to do in my future is become an illustrative artist and focus on that type of field with working for game developing companies and illustrating art for the video game characters and really create the backgrounds and illustrations for each each background. Because I've seen with video games, they need it illustrated to really illustrate each scene and the environment. So I'd really love to do that and maybe take the clothing business and kind of make it a bit more bigger and create factories to mass produce clothing because I can see that mass producing clothing can be really good for businesses. So why would you want to have a factory when you're into art? I'd like to have a factory to give jobs to people with autism because giving because people with autism can sometimes struggle with certain things. So giving them the tools and the education on how to do certain types of things can be really good and especially teach giving them skills. jobs. Yes, teach them skills on how to pack clothing yeah. and how to box them up and teach them certain skills for like accounting and how take phone calls and talk yeah. to customers. That's so admirable because you are 100% correct. People do not realize that autistic people can function and learn and do things that everybody else can do. It's just uh, one of those things for some reason got out there and, and they've got to learn more understanding about it. So I applaud you for that. That's just a great, great concept. Yes, yes. You know, I, I, and with every interview we have, I say this, stop labeling our children. Stop labeling these people. I think you're so correct there. And people really have to learn and get more understanding about autistic people and how they live. So let's change the subject a little bit. Earlier in the show, we talked about public speaking. Let's expand on that a little bit. How did it happen? It started as people reaching out, asking him to <clears throat> come and visit schools and talk about his journey. Very true. I believe the first one was at the high tea event when they wanted us to talk about bullying and talk about autism and neurological conditions. So I ended up going and talking to them about it. Then my mom thought that probably we could do this as a full-time thing because the first time it went very well. So we just decided to do it as a full-time thing. That's great. So how many people do you average? Is it uh, small crowds, large crowds? How do they come out? Between 25 and 250. That's just so good because that amount of people, the change that he can make for them is just outstanding. And you just never know what can happen because of the positive things that they're hearing. Yeah. Absolutely. And also talking to children like they're at schools is you know, you, you're educating a, a, a generation. Absolutely. 
So Clayton, you must be really happy to be able to get out there in front of people and talk with them and see the changes that you potentially could be making for other people. I actually have a recollection of something from the past. I remember when I was very young and I looked up to many artists, I said to myself, one day when I have the opportunity, I wish to kind of inspire other kids in the future. And it's quite crazy to think that I'm doing it nowadays because I remember today when I went to the school to talk about autism, I remember this one kid came up to me and told me how he wanted to be an actor one day. And I was just thinking to myself, how amazing would it be one day if he's a famous actor and just being able to attend one of his shows? Like, how amazing would that be? That would be truly amazing. The great part about that is it's possible. Anything's possible. You could be talking in front of people that could be the next Einstein, the next whoever you want to think, you know, actor, actress, anything. The biggest part about that is that you're out there speaking to these people, engaging with them, showing them that they do have opportunities and it lies in front of them and anything can happen if you just try. It's kind of like life is like you're walking through cement. If you stay still for too long, the cement will dry up. Mm. And you, it will stop you from moving. In life, you just keep on moving forward. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck in the cement for the rest of your life. That's a great analogy. I really like that because that's what we all have to do. We have to just keep moving, keep throwing anything we can to give us a chance to succeed in life. In life, all great things take time. It takes effort, tons of time to get the things you want in life. That's why for now, I'm investing my time into becoming a better artist so in the future I can one day choose any job I want as an artist. As you should. You've got a lot of potential. I love what you're doing. Your art is just superb. You put a lot of effort into it, which anybody can see once they start checking you out. And your quality is good because you take the time to do it right. So what would you like to tell people that don't know much about autism and they're just trying to figure things out themselves with people that are around them. Get, what's some of your thoughts that you'd like to share? What I want to say is when people ask a question of what do I do with my kid with autism, the one answer I think should be given is give them a safe place to be in because when you have autism, the most important place is your safe place. Mm. Like I've seen this one video where this kid had extreme autism. So his um, grandfather built him like a little hobbit house for him to live in with like a bed. Oh, and when you close it, it had like a little interior with little shelves. Nice. And it was his safe place. That's awesome. I think that's what people need to hear because everyone wants to feel safe. And they want to feel like they're living in a place where they don't have any problems and they can have support from family, whether it's autistic or not. So I think uh, that's a very, very good point. But so if autism is born with a different mental capacity than everyone else, it doesn't really make them disabled because people yeah. with autism can still do really great things, greater things yeah. than other people. If you look at Albert Einstein, he is known as the most cleverest man on the earth but he was born with autism. He was, he was a person who had signs of autism yeah. and he's a genius. 
And the interesting thing about Albert Einstein is he hated school so much. (laughs) Like, no jokes, he was rebelling school. Absolutely, I've heard that. So this has been a very good conversation. We've covered a lot of great things. So let's get to your website and your YouTube so that people can reach out and get to know you more and follow you and hopefully buy some of your merchandise. So we do have a website. It's www.clydens.com. That is our international website. And then he's on Facebook and Instagram, also Clydens Designs. Um, now, the, the, his name is sometimes very difficult. It's C-L-A-Y-D-E-N-S Designs. And also, let's mention the YouTube channel. We, I'm still busy working on a YouTube <laughs> channel, but there's going to be videos coming soon. Okay, well, let's have your YouTube channel now then. That way people can follow you on, you, on YouTube as well. Clayton's World. That's Clayton's World, correct? No, it's Clayton's World, yes. Yeah, Clayton's World, because it's, it's his world. You know, Clayton's designs is more the, the, the um, clothing business we have. And Clayton's World is now his part, his world, his story, his journey. It's like my own personal channel. Yes, because, because the thing is, personal content is very appealing to people, and people on YouTube are more invested into getting to know you on the platform instead of getting to know your business. So people are really invested to YouTube because of how many personal content there is and for the entertainment aspect. Absolutely. And I really think because of your story and what you're doing, I think there's going to be a lot of people that's going to follow you and want to get to know you. Exactly, yes. And I think also a big thing is, is just to give hope as well. You know, um, to give hope. Uh, when, when people see Clyde and then many parents will reach out and say, you don't understand how much hope you give us every day just to see Clyde and see his videos. And that's very important. It sure is. And again, I've got to say, great conversation. And thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you taking your time to be on my show. Oh, thank you for having him. Yeah, it's really cool. Thank you. Yes, it has been very cool. And thank you again. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to our show today. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. If you know anyone that would like to tell us their story, send them to TonyMantor.com, contact, then they can give us their information so one day they may be a guest on our show. One more thing we ask, tell everyone everywhere about Why Not Me, The World, the conversations we're having, and the inspiration our guests give to everyone, everywhere, that you are not alone in this world.